Hello, everyone. Before the start of this episode, I wanted to make a brief mention of a wonderful campaign being put on by 34 various supporter groups in the New York City area to help fight the coronavirus outbreak in the city. It's called New York Kicks Coronavirus, and it is a football supporter club fundraiser, again, helping to raise money to help the coronavirus outbreak in the city if you want more information on that and if you would be willing to donate to this really great cause you can find a link in the description box of this episode and a big round of applause for roma club new york member claudio tambora who informed me of this initiative um, he asked me if I'd be willing to make a mention of it on the podcast, and absolutely, I was more than willing to do so. Again, so if you'd be willing to donate to this great cause to help fight the coronavirus outbreak in New York City, you can go to the description box of this podcast, and I'll also have a post on romapress.net about it as well. So, let's get started. Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. We hope you are all doing well. We hope you are staying safe during this quarantine wherever you are in the world. Thank you for joining us again for another uh, Looking Back episode. And Andy, it's the one I've been waiting for, the one I've been dying to do, 2011 and 2012, the... Man, so many adjectives we can use to describe this season. A rebirth, a new Roma, the season of tears, I guess. Clusterfuck. Uh, clusterfuck. Yeah, okay. That's probably the perfect way to describe it because it was... <laughs> man, it, it's so weird because I remember so vividly expectations were like, oh my God, we're getting Luis Enrique. Every newspaper, you know, this is going to be the Italian Barcelona, yeah? Of course. Everything was the new Barcelona <laughs> at, the, at that time. The, that lasted about six months. And then it was disastrous. But the reason, the reason why everybody seems to love this season is... If you were a hipster... Okay, now this was like still the infancy of Twitter. I was on Twitter, but... You didn't have the Twitter was not yet the cesspool that it is today, right? It, it wasn't it, like I said, it was still in its infancy. We're still trying to figure out what this thing was. So if you were like an OG football hipster, then, oh, my God, this Roma, particularly the market, this is right up your alley. I mean, this was exactly the kind of Roma that... Uh, uh, you would love because it, it is so many bizarre, I mean, bizarre in the sense that they might not have been great footballers, but just in terms of names, such a variety, such a, it, it's so, I'm just looking at the list right now. And some of them you can laugh at, some of them you could cry at, some of them will have you in the fetal position, rocking back and forth. Wondering what in the world were they thinking? It, it was, wow. Uh, rebirth doesn't even begin to describe it. So to get through this one, generally I have a coffee. But today I, I have a beautiful tall glass of red wine because I think that's what we're going to need to get through this one without <laughs> sounding 100% 
negative about it. So is there anything particular that stands out to you this season? For me, it was two things. It was Lamella and how he was more or less in this huge transfer market, really the only bright spot. And then it was Pjanic. Well, okay, I should say Pjanic was good too. Yeah. But uh, Lamella certainly at the time looked like he was above the rest. Yeah, for me, it was all about Lamella. Loved the guy. Uh, I remember that summer. Remember, it was the great debate of, is it going to be Lamella or Ricky Alvarez? Who's going to be the better player? Because that was, (laughs) (laughs) that was, um, yikes. So that's what I remember from that season. I also remember the banner, and I forget which match it was. Um, when things were not going well during the middle of the season and it was aimed at Luis Enrique and it more or less said, uh, Luis Enrique, if you are a real man, you would resign. Probably the two moments in my, not moments because Lamella, I I thought he was really one of the few positives. Oh, and the the handball by Boyan against Fiorentina. Because I was there, fantastic. I don't think (laughs) I will ever or you will ever come across more blatant, a more hilarious uh, handed ball in a match. I thought that was phenomenal. But yeah, those are the things that I most vividly remember. What about you? I think what I most vividly remember is the tragic decision uh, that took place leading into the season afterwards of getting Zeman back, which Whoa. it's because if you compare what what Roma were going for uh, with with Enrique, goes it 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 is it, it, totally. The opposite of what happened by hiring Zeman. Yes. By hiring Enrique, who was coaching uh, at Barcelona in um, in in different in different circumstances, and you basically take this coach who still is fresh and uh, unexperienced, and you you start off a new project, and you get bring in all these different players and as you said a lot of them are super cringe and you read some of those names and you you think to yourself Jesus is this the 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 the, the squad for Udinese in 2015 no that was but but at the same time you have also a, a mix of good exciting prospects and then what happened after that season when Roma went into panic mode and they got Zeman which to me is one of the greatest travesties a club can do in 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 this century is to hire Zeman um who is a coach who I believe uh, belongs to the 1970s <laughs> uh, for a variety of reasons by the way <laughs> not yes, only yes exactly exactly not only for, for his footballing attitude um the epitome of a boomer he is of course <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> can you imagine him with a with a with an iPhone Jesus. oh man or and with a Twitter account that would be um, but the point is to me, I think what I remember most about this season is, as you said, it's it's like it's on hallucinogenics, you know? It's like you're smoking <laughs> yeah. the best grass mixed with LSD, mixed with everything in the world, and you put it all into one footballing season, and you just say, welcome for the ride, and, and that's it. And, and there is no seatbelt. There is no seatbelt because this season was just... So unpredictable, a roller coaster of emotions, and um, probably just not a very good start for for a, a new Roma. Like Andy just said, let's gather around in the circle. We'll puff and pass as we digest the 2011-2012 season at Roma. 
Luciano Marco poco fa, gran senso della posizione per lui però poi tarda a liberarsi del pallone c'è possibilità per la mela in area recupera proprio Migliaccio su di lui la mela col tiro ecco Goria di Eric Lamela il modo migliore per cominciare la sua avventura giallorossa 7 minuti 1-0 per la Roma strepitoso gol di Eric Lamela non poteva pensare a un esordio migliore la mela c'è stata una grande ingenuità di Migliaccio che ha portato palla al limite dell'area So let's start with the transfer market because this is probably the only reason why I wanted to do this season. This transfer market, again, <laughs> yes. if you yep. were a footballing hipster, this was like your wet dream. This was the, the highest mountain in terms of like, you know how on Twitter, how you have all these, I don't want to say that they're fake, but all these guys who claim to know about every prospect in the world from like the Ghanaian third division they somehow yes, know about yes. some random fullback yeah that was basically like the culmination or that was basically like mm -hmm. how you could summarize this transfer market because let's be honest most of these guys we had very little idea about or I shouldn't say most of them uh Stick Allenborg this is a guy who was in the World Cup um admittedly I was very excited for disastrous yes um Jose Engel oof no comment needed for that one. <laughs> let's just go through let, let's just go through the list. So the players that left. Donny left on a free transfer to Liverpool. Mexes left for free to Milan. That one was very painful. That one stung a little bit. Yes. Uh Risa, he left for Fulham. Menez left for PSG. The other one that hurt a lot. Vucinic, he left for Juve. Mm-hmm. Giulio Sergio, he went on loan to Lecce. Stefano Guberti, he went to Torino. Matteo Brighi, he went to Atalanta. <laughs> and, and then, I forgot about this one, but in January of 2012, Pizarro went to Manchester City for six months. I completely forgot oh, that yeah. that even happened. Thank you, yeah, Wikipedia, because uh, yeah. wow. I, I completely, completely forgot that happened because remember, he popped back up at Fiorentina. Um, but I completely, completely left it out of my memory that he left from Manchester City. So incredibly random. Uh, and then as for the transfers in, Stekallenberg from Ajax for 6.3 million euros. Oh my Heinze. God. Heinze, Gabriel Heinze from Marseille. Talk about that. I'm... Talk about that. You, you, Mexes leaves and you get get Heinze. Um, wow. Oof. Um... <laughs> Now, this wasn't the Heinze that was at Real Madrid, okay? This was a guy who abundantly clear was finished. It was... Yeah. It, it took all of one appearance to realize that this guy was done. Uh, we also had Jose Angel arrive from Sporting Guion from 4.5 million euros. Pjanic from Lyon for 11 million euros. Eric Lamella from River Plate for 12 million euros. Boyan, little messy. Yeah. Arrived from Barcelona for 12 million oh, euros. Oh my God. Ooh, Pablo Osvaldo from Espanol for 17 and a half million euros. My favorite DJ. Yes. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe he's back into football now, which is amazing. Yes, he well, is. he came back for like one match and then Corona comes back. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> uh, and then Roma made the move, or I'm sorry, made the loan of uh Marco Borriello from Milan official for 10 million euros and then as for loans 
They brought in Kier from Wolfsburg, Fernando Fuck Gago sake. from Real Madrid, and oh Fabio Borini, who yeah. technically it, it was weird because he so he was at Parma, uh-huh. was purchased by Parma from Chelsea after spending uh, he had a good loan spell at Swansea City, but then correct me if I'm wrong. Because Wikipedia doesn't tell me this, but wasn't he a co-ownership? If I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. When they sure. still had co-ownerships in Serie A, yeah, he, he, I'm 99% sure he was a co-ownership product um, when he arrived at Roma. What a what it, a weird career, man! It's that's if you look up the teams he's been at and the the stretches. I mean, here for a good chunk of games, he was our best player. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> remember, well, remember, he went on that really weird run. I remember him, too, because there was one match where he scored a goal, but Totti was wide open, and Totti gave him this look. I, I, While we're talking about it, I hope I find it on YouTube. Totti gives him this glare that looks like he's going to strangle him because he should have had a goal, but Borini ends up scoring it anyway. But, yeah, um, that... You know what he had? I know he's a co-ownership because, if I'm not mistaken, it went to the blind auction if... You're an OG if you remember that. And now I, I know co-ownerships; those went away in like 2014, 2015, if I'm not mistaken. I love them, by the way. I I, I can't believe they got rid of them. Um, now they have just loans with options to buy and then counter options. I completely hate that. I was huge proponent of the co-ownership. Um, so yeah, okay. I just confirmed he was a co-ownership product. So that was uh, <laughs> that was the uh, the summer. And uh, that was the summer transfer market. Very um, weird, to say the least. Other than Pjanic and Lamella, can what can we really say about this group of nothing, nothing misfits? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, let's start with the guy who somewhere on the internet. There's probably a 750 to 1,000 word expose that I wrote saying how Stekelenborg and then a guy named. I don't even know if he's owned by Roma anymore. Alessandro Crescenzi. There's no way he's owned by Roma anymore. This is like eight years ago. Um, I said <laughs> that those two will be stalwarts for Roma's defense for the next decade. So if you come across that, don't bother reading um, because clearly Jesus. I know nothing as to what I'm talking about. Wow. But let's start with Stekelenborg. We've talked about him before on this podcast and usually in a negative light. But he is like the um, the example for as to why it is important for a player to learn the Italian language, right? Because in two years, this guy could say right, left, and I think a basta. Other than that, I don't think mm-hmm. he could even say hello in Italian. But we've talked about him, uh, I believe, the times we've compared him, or rather Olsen, to him in the way that both of them did not really mix with with the setting they they were not able to 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 find their footing it, just in a general way not even performance wise just a he, when i think of stekelenburg at roma i think of a player who was completely lost and out of his element and um wasn't up to it and uh seriously if i think about the run that Roma have had of of bad goalkeepers in the past leading up to easily and perhaps the the best player uh, the best goalkeeper in the world in Alisson it's 
if you think about Gokocheo and, and and you know and Donny at his worst and and Stekelen, it just it's mind-boggling, um, really how we even wanted to to be a, a serious football team with those in our goal, um, because you know and and then obviously if you look who was standing in front of him in terms of defense, it's no wonder that he he was having a lousy time at Roma. Well, he came in with massive expectations, and because I'm a serious journalist, I actually did my right. research on this. So in the, in the group stage of the 2010 World Cup, I completely mm. forgot about this. I know he did very, very good. But in yes, the group we stage, all remember that. We all remember that, yeah. In the group stage, he conceded one goal. One goal. Yeah. Um, started every single match for the Netherlands. It was absolutely mind-boggling to me as to how much he actually struggled. Now, as you just said, I, I think it is completely warranted and completely fair to at least mention some of the guys playing in front of him. Terrible. Um, can't be defended. Can't be... Um, you can't justify it in any way, shape, or form. I, I think we would all agree with that. Um, I mean, you had Cassetti, you had Rossi on the right, you had Kier... You had Bordiso, who really didn't play a whole lot. You had Heinze, you had Juan, uh, you had Kier, who was terrible. And then you had Jose Angel on the left. I mean, this is not a this is not a strong group of defenders. Um, half of them are on their last legs. This was a pretty poor group. We, we, we just have to say it. But, man, I, I mean, you can, I, I think somebody tweeted... Uh, the the account Is Roma Nightmares. They had a good one the other day with with Stekelenborg. <laughs> I mean, this guy was just he was terrible. You he, you really I mean, are you a glutton about, for punishment. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we're, we're talking about not living up to expectations. I, this guy didn't even even fulfill a tenth of what we thought he could have. I, we thought we had our goalkeeper for the next decade. We did. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think the his career speaks for itself. I mean, it, it took it a nosedive really after does. that, and it and it's and it's you know it, that's what happens when you judge a player based on one competition because that's what we as fans did, and that's what Italian media did, and what keep doing, and what we keep doing as well is that we you know we 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 watch a player during one competition and we base all of our expectations and judgments and opinions. Based on that, and it's and it's um, in the case of Stekelenburg, it it, it 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 was just a massive uh, blow to him and to the fans. Um, and you know, the with with the with the lineup that he had in front of him, it's it's it just like with Olsen. You know, we said the same thing about Olsen is that you know you can't really expect him to pull off any miracles with Juan Jesus in defense with Fazio at his worst and Florenzi at his worst um and the same went for Stekelenburg and that's the difference between guys like Alisson who are really good goalkeepers and guys like Stekelenburg who um you know managed to hang in some mediocre premier league team um that's that's all you can say about that it's it's a lousy memory and i I believe he he is not very fond of his time here. I don't even think no, that he has no. ever spoken about Roma since then. No, it's funny. I mean, he hardly... Well, first off, we have to say, you're completely right when you say his career speaks for itself. Uh, after Roma, 
nosedive is probably the correct way to describe what has happened to him. Now, he had a season, I believe, at Fulham where he was the number one. But after that, it, it was just nothing. Second choice basically everywhere he goes. So clearly something was missing there. Um, probably would have been best for him to stay at Ajax. It, it just did not work out for him anywhere he went. Then after him, we have Gabriel Heinze and then we have Jose Angel. Do we really have to say anything to those? Yeah, um, two memes. Two memes. Two memes. I This was astonishing to me, but maybe I didn't realize he had this many appearances. But Heinze had 32 appearances in the league. Fuck, isn't that I, like... Like, that's probably our highest play, like player in terms of uh, appearances, no? Oh, I'm sorry. Total appearances. Um, yeah, okay. In, in, so he's t- he started 27 matches fuck that's a lot Which, that's too many 27 too many <laughs> and now the his pr- his primary partner throughout that season was Kier yeah which was a guy I, if you watched him at Palermo you had every reason to believe that he would succeed right I, I was I probably of all the guys who failed at Roma that season he might have been the most surprising because any anybody who watched him at Palermo rated him he was really good yeah and i i think he did also a good job uh, at sevilla and i i I don't i can't seem to um realize why he's been jumping from team to team because i think i thought that at sevilla he was fine but at roma it's um again it's you know you look at this team and it's it's just such a weird mix of of things that don't work and things that do work but are 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 not in a in a position to succeed that you really have to wonder what the hell were they thinking by by putting all this responsibility on Enrique and really having so many different expectations as the season progressed because you read the list of names here and you're like Jesus Christ like, what can you possibly do with a team like this? Yeah, it's a really weird mix. I want to say Lamella and Pjanic because I think I have my hottest takes on Boyan. Now, this was a guy who obviously came with the most unfair of expectations because really, yeah, mm-hmm. he's so young at the time. He's being compared to Messi. We all know he makes his uh, he makes a debut for Barcelona at an extremely young age. He was 17 years and 19 days old, so extremely young. This is this is a kid. He's still he's still 20 at the time. Uh, my hottest take, I think, for this season. So he had um, 37 total appearances in all competitions, seven goals. He only started. 13 matches. I am convinced. Now, wow. you can make the argument that his the rest of his career speaks for itself because to an extent it actually does, but I am convinced that he should have stayed at Roma. He leaves the following season for Milan on loan because Zeman doesn't think he has any use for him. I, I mean, seven goals from only 13 league starts is not a bad tally. And other than that hilarious moment against Fiorentina where he did the handed ball, I actually don't think, I think he warranted more opportunities. You know, it's, uh, I think, again, it's it's part of this whole season. There was a lot of 
um, decision making that was, you know, too rushed. And and in the long run, you look at it and and you really have to wonder who is in the position of making some of the choices. And, you know, as you said, Bohan's career speaks for itself. I believe he's um, he's in Canada. Is he in Canada? He is. I think he he's is in, in the MLS. Okay. Well, I I thought I I thought I thought he was in. Yeah, he's I, yeah, he's in Impact Montreal. Okay. Um. But yeah, that's. I mean, you look at it, and it's uh, Stoke City, uh, Mines, and Deportivo, <laughs> and uh, it, it, yeah, you you know you. But that's you can always say that after after the fact, but uh, that's what happens. I I think when you when you are in that setting that that place where Roma was at the time that so many of these players, even if, you know, their careers didn't proceed as intended, a lot of it was due to how unsettling that, that whole atmosphere that particular season was. And, and it just, so many talents didn't really come to fruition and there was so much tension there and uh, lack of communication and, and just a lot of, a lot of bad vibes um, if you can say that, uh, and and really, I mean, you look at who really succeeded afterwards, and it's again, as you said, Lamela, yes, who it's mainly because of injuries, the career hasn't really taken off as we all thought it would. But um, Marquinho and um, yeah, um, wait, okay, yeah, Pjanic, Pjanic, and and that's, I mean, that's. That's what we're talking about, and that—that's a, a player of a really high caliber. Anyone else was like um, shot from the get-go. Every just—you had no chance to really succeed beyond this team. Well, and it was interesting too because obviously you have this new manager, right? You have a, a revolution of players. We obviously haven't mentioned it yet, but you have the arrival of a new ownership group. You have Palotta, or I should say, at this time it was uh, Thomas Di Benedetto who was the first one to come before Palata, but he was more of a front man for, for the short term. And then I, I think another thing that seems to be lost in history at this time, but if you remember, uh, Enrique and Totti had a little bit of a falling out, right? Because uh, initially he wasn't, you don't want to say he wasn't in the plans, but um, he certainly was benched for a long period of time. And uh, Enrique is acknowledges, or did acknowledge it some years later, how uh, the conflict with Totti helped him uh, manage Messi when he was at Barcelona. Um, but yeah, if just looking back on it, it was not only a, a revolution on the field, off the field. It, it was just all of this being combined into one. And, and I think that's what really led to this season being, <laughs> being an absolute unmitigated disaster because yes that's yes what it was as you it was exactly terrible. exactly it, it it's a it's you know what it is in my opinion it's a half-assed revolution because you, we say a revolution revolution but you look at this team and pizarro is still here but as you said he somehow is loaned out and juan is still there vucini has just been sold uh reese is not there anymore um, the Rossi, Totti are there, but are not really being take. Are not really having the best of times, adapting to this new manager. They're all coming off the period with Ranieri. Um, 
and it's 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 just weird because you you kept some players and and some others did not feel as they were though part of the group and it just wasn't bound to work and it's that's not a proper revolution if 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 you're really not taking a commitment to it it seems like roma were just flip-flopping or oh, we're doing this but at the same time we're doing this and instead of really committing themselves to you know maybe playing just youngsters and trying out the new prospects and giving this manager a, a, a chance to succeed. Yeah, I mean, even Peralta was still there, which is just really, really weird. Um, and then, you, so you had De Rossi there. He made 32 total appearances. But if you remember, he was yeah. playing that really weird role where he was more or less a central defender. Remember how deep he would drop in between the central defenders? Well, <laughs> Very yeah, no, it was, no shit. <laughs> it, yeah, it was it was really really bizarre. And we had Cassetti. It, my God, Jesus Christ, <laughs> man! What is this? Oh, Rosi was the preferred right back. What a what a mess. Now the attack is sort of like the particular department of this of this <laughs> season because you have Osvaldo who he makes 26 total appearances with 11 goals Totti yeah best player 31 <laughs> yeah 31 total appearances with 8 goals mm-hmm. Boyan with 37 total appearances 7 goals Fabio Borini 26 appearances with 10 goals Lord Borini yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so weird because so first off, Totti wasn't playing as an out-and-out striker. We all know he w- it was more of that 4-3-1-2. He would play behind Osvaldo, Boyan, or Borini at times. Sometimes it would switch to a 4-3-3, but it was just a mess. Yeah, I oh, in Lamella, 31 appearances, 6 goals. Um, other than Lamella, that attack was, yeah, just not not good at all. Osvaldo, man, what can we say about this guy? Definitely someone who thought he was way better than what he actually was. That all comes to fruition the the next season with Andrea Zoli. We all know that in the in the Coppa Italia final, but yeah, I mean none of these guys were sensational <laughs> striking partners. Lamella again was really the only one who had that technical ability and that speed. Borini, he was somewhat quick, but didn't really have much of a presence in the area. Boyan, as tall as I was when I was 10, and he stopped growing apparently when he was... <laughs> I mean, it's just so weird, this mix of guys. It's it's basically like taking a bunch of mediocre guys, combining them into one group and expecting great things. Because none of kind of kind of like kind of like Milan in 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 the last few years, right? Right. I mean, right. I mean, if you think about if you think about it, what Mirabelli and Fassone did is very very similar to what happened uh, at Roma. Because you have some good pieces, you have some nice interesting prospects, but you throw it all together and you think that it's going to work immediately, and it's it's not, and it it was a big big failure. And it, it's it look just looking at it is giving me a headache, and um, it, it's a shame, really, because I we all I think in hindsight we can all agree that Enrique deserved better, and you know even as disappointed as you could have been, it it just it it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be like that, not for him. It just nobody could have succeeded with that team, nobody. 
No, I, I, no. Admittedly, I think the midfield probably had the most quality of all uh, in the entire team. But you just referenced the attack. I mean, all of these guys are gone within two years. Boyan gone, Osvaldo yeah. gone, Lamella gone, Borini gone. These guys by the 2013-2014 season, when uh, Rudy Garcia arrives, none of these guys except Totti are there. So that really, <laughs> that's all you need to know, right? Yeah. That's I think that we, when we're going to look at Rudy Garcia's time that I think that's closer to what we think of a revolution because that I think that's when Roma really started from from scratch on 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 some level and it, this was a doomed experiment really it, that's all you can say we're going to talk about best moment worst moment but it's just such a mixed bag of of empty expectations and 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 just missed opportunities it's it's actually painful to 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 sort of remind ourselves where we were in 2011 yeah and then in the midfield you had um god i forgot Tadej was still there uh you had Pjanic, De Rossi, Gago, Perotta, Leandro Greco wow mm-hmm. Fabio Simplicio <laughs> In fairness, um, if we're just talking about a preferred three of Pjanic, Terossi, Gago, that's actually not half bad. Gago, though, was not good at all. I th- so I distinctly remember he had one goal, and I can tell you what goal it was. I don't know. I forget who it was against, but it was the cheapest goal I've ever seen because it bounced, I think, two, three, probably bounced a dozen times before it ended up in the back of the net. Astonishing that it even made it in as a goal. Um, Roma obviously don't end up signing him permanently. He was a guy, though, that everyone, sort of like Heinze, that everyone got so excited about. Oh, my God, this guy from Real Madrid. Um, you know, he, he just needs a, a fresh start because the season before, ravaged with injuries. The season before that, didn't play much. And now the two seasons previous, um, he actually played a big role with Real Madrid. But he came here, man, and he was <laughs> he was not good. Yeah, I mean it's um it's I, I th- that season was more it's it's you know you you found your diamond and rough in, in Pjanic, but man, you're dealing with some just such disappointing alternatives and Gago being one. It's it's weird because you know we've had so many of those of those players like Gago, like Heinz, um, like Julio Baptista, where expectations are through the roof or you're like okay he's gonna be good here you know this is different setting um still a big time player and then it just slapped you in the face and i think this season in particular was just full of those situations but in fairness pianich in my opinion he actually showed something that Mm -hmm. now in the following season under zeman yeah that's those two did not get along at all and it was if we remember, um, in the summer of 2013, it comes down to Pjanic or Lamella leaving. And thankfully, Roma made the correct decision in keeping Pjanic. But I thought Pjanic did well. He had three goals to his name. He clearly showed, in, in my opinion, of all the new arrivals, he and Lamella were probably the only two that showed any sort of quality of being at a certain level. Um, now with Pjanic, that's worked out. Lamella, between injuries and not being a first choice, uh, we could say maybe that hasn't worked yeah. out in his favor mm-hmm. at Tottenham. I, I mean, 
I'm looking back at it now. So at Roma, he had a total of 67 appearances and 21 goals to his name. Uh, At Spurs, he has 211 appearances and 33 goals to his name. So not exactly a phenomenal goal return, but... I guess we can get to this when we discuss 2013, 2014, but what did you think when he left? Did, were you disheartened? Because I, I remember being on Twitter at that time and a good friend who's still on there, Ross, um, he made a tweet, something like everybody look, this was supposed to be the face of the Roma project and they're giving him up. He was very disheartened at the time. And I know others were as well. Um, were you? Did you see him as sort of maybe someone who could be yeah. <laughs> the base of a project going forward? I think most of us did, right? I, I think what we also liked is that he was just so likable. He uh, was. First and foremost, and you, you, he truly cared about this team. You know, He was one of those players that not only was, was he money, and he really was also the diamond in the rough Um and you know the, the goals they scored, and it just he elevated that team to something. Um, it, it definitely was was a blow to 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 our expectations um, because you were giving away a player that you know you really thought you could. Yeah, I, I definitely thought he was going to be the face of the, of this Roma team. Um, and as you said, thankfully that did you know they they they. They made that choice over Pjanic. In the long run, that paid off. Um, but again, it's one of those players that, especially when you know you're 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 just that was pure excitement at, in a team that really wasn't that exciting. So no. <laughs> that's all you have, and that's what that's what we had, and that's what we all counted on. Unfortunately, it did not go the way we all thought it would for him. But his time at Roma, I think he's he's one of those players that still remembers Roma fondly despite those seasons with Roma, and um, and we still remember fondly. So that's that's what matters. I think just a, a really special talent, but most of all, a really likable guy. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right, so give me some of your best and worst moments of the season. I still go back to that boy <laughs> on handball. I. I'm going to count that as my best and worst moment of the season because all you could do was cry when it happened, but you could also laugh at how much of a complete and utter meme this entire season was. Yeah, I mean, listen, let's hmm, we let's try to be positive. Well, in positives, I I really can name. Okay, the positives are those those two players brought into the transfer market by Sabatini from. Uh, in Lamela and Pjanic. Those, that's a big positive for me because that really gave us a shot. At whatever it was, it gave us a shot and, and we got to see some really exciting uh, players um, develop into to something. Um, then I guess I would go for what really stands out probably was the, the Inter game. Yes. Um, Yep. Which where we beat them, I believe it was like four nil, and it, it just it had it was during that time where Borini was on a run, um, and it's it's it, it just was a weird time because I think that 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 uh, that big big win was followed by some disappointing results, but it was that's you know that's the name of the game for that season. So I think that win 
with with Inter was like a, a statement. I guess it was like, wow, you know, we we managed to do something. We we are in it. And um, but then if I have to pick a worst moment, um, and there are a lot of them, I have to go back. I have to go back to that last minute winner by by Maori. Uh, <laughs> Like I have to go back to that because it's always a pain in the ass, and it's yeah, that's those are my go-to moments. Yeah, it's man, just looking back on all of the results, it is a mix of depression. It's a mix of you can't help but laugh at it. Some of the losses are just so weird and bizarre you just can't even believe that it happened yeah and 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 each time you read a particular loss you think okay that's when the season needed to be over that no it went on and on and (laughs) on. well do we remember how the season started in the playoffs of the europa league who do roma lose to (laughs) slovan (laughs) i I mean this random slovak team full of uh, you know slovakian uh, electricians Yes. yes Roma lose to them two to one on aggregate. Just, mm-hmm. just remarkable. We probably should have seen it from that moment on. That should have been the warning that buckle up, everybody. This is going to be a lot of pain. Bring your alcohol, bring your rosary, um, because you're going to need it. And ultimately, that is what was required throughout that entire season. And I'm sure we will get to the following season, 2012, 2013, in the next one, whatever people vote on. Because can we say that one was way more painful than this one? Because yeah, I feel like with this one, you were <laughs> – okay, so you were excited, okay? Luis Enrique is coming in. We're bringing in all these players. We're going to look like Barcelona. But we know it's going to take some time, so maybe we're not expecting as much. Mm-hmm. 2012, 2013 comes along. And, oh, man, the Romanisti 1.0, as we like to call them, this is their this is their nirvana, right? I mean, yeah, Zeman that's returns. that's their call. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's their thing. That's their toy. This is their guy. He's back after after um, after 15 years. He, he makes his triumphant return. Jesus, uh, fuck that guy. Really, man. Yeah, well, <sighs> We'll get into that one way more in 2012, 2013. But can we even say that this season was a disappointment, though? Because I don't even necessarily know if you could consider it that because expectations yeah. were not <laughs> exponentially high. It's, it's, can we say that? Okay, can we say that this was a prologue to the disappointment that came afterwards like in of the following season? This is... This is the 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 sort of the initial setup of what is about to come. You know, this is okay. These are the ingredients, and this is what may go right or may go wrong, and then boom, that that's when it hits you. That's when all the juicy stuff happens. Is in the season afterwards where everything, all the decision making, all the weird results and 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 just just tension everything culminated in the season afterwards with the sacking of uh, of uh, Enrique bringing on Zeman Zeman having this this unbelievable just weird relationship with every single player on that team um, every single one all oh of them oh my and it's and except it's except Taxidis who does he get along with yes. oh. 
fucking the, the only player he gets along with is probably the worst midfielder we've seen at Roma. One of the worst midfielders we've seen at yes. Roma. Um and it's and then it obviously culminates in you know at in the finale of 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 the of that particular season which is notorious. Um but yeah, I, I agree from one point of view is that this is, you know, this is just the setup. This is the initial setup and Roma handled it, handled it badly. This could have been handled much, much better um, because there were some interesting things, some interesting opportunities. Roma just made the wrong decisions and they paid for it. So I guess what you're saying is that this is not the the definite disappointment. The definite disappointment is what comes afterwards, which is really... It's if anyone wanted to start following Roma, I guess that's the worst period to start following <laughs> Roma. I I do so that's a great point because I genuinely sympathize with people who, if you started following this club at the beginning of this decade, oh my God, you must have some of the most painful and lowest opinions of this club that you could probably have yes. because uh, 10, 11, 11, 12, 12, 13. Um, I am <laughs> hard pressed to think of a worse three seasons to where you could start following and supporting a club because all three were genuine, genuine disasters. And, yeah, it was just considering how the decade ended with 2009-2010, the following three seasons are nothing short of disastrous. So, um, yeah, hopefully hopefully we could at least get a get you to smile back on this because in the moment, it is so terrible to be going through because, again, you, you – when it's your club and it's happening to you in the moment, you just feel awful. Um, oh, but yeah. looking back week on in, it week now, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. Lo- looking back on it now, it is it is a mixture of hilarious and um, man, we we must how all of us don't have PTSD from this Roma. It is just uh, crazy. It, it's yeah, it's insane and it's hilarious. Like I recommend anybody to just you know YouTube, you know Fabio Borini at his peak. I mean, the way he was celebrating and then Google uh, Osvaldo uh, in, in that particular year and then Google Osvaldo in the Coppa Italia final. It's, it's ridiculous and, it's, and it's, it's funny and it's um, at the same time, it's a little bit heartbreaking because you think, oh, what could have been. Um, but it's just funny. It's, it's funny to see how stupid decision making um, eventually catches up with you and um, because that's what happened under Zeman. Uh, but it's also funny to sort of think, oh my God, you know, we, we've we been a meme club for a long time, but those are our... That, that's If if you like to call Milan a banter team or Inter with a banter, that's peak banter Roma, I think, in, in those years because it's everything that is messed up with this club times <laughs> 1,000 times all the drugs in the world. That's where we will end this one, everybody. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, We will put up a poll next week, early in the week, so you can all vote on what the next episode will be. Uh, We'll put up 2010, 2011, uh, 2012, 2013, 13, 14, and 14, 
15, only one of which are actually good seasons. So maybe we can change it up <laughs> next week. It is all up to you. So as always, thank you, everybody, for listening. We so, so much appreciate it. Please stay safe. And until next time, ciao. Ciao.